What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Heavily Contested with me, Chris, Cam, and Matt. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. How are you doing? This week, we're going to dive into some NBA free agency, but this time, we're not going to be giving predictions because everything already happened. So we're going to give you our reactions to certain players that have signed with different teams, teams that won the offseason, and we're going to give you our three games of the week and give you some picks. Hey, this week already got messed up with the Ravens matchup right here with the Steelers. I can't believe that happened, but hey, let's get into the NBA right now. Fred Van Vliet starts off free agency. Resigned with the Toronto Raptors for four years and $85 million. Matt, what do you think about this signing? Does it do anything? I mean, in a certain aspect, I guess we were right last week saying that he's going to sign with either Toronto or a bad team because he was kind of he was kind of chasing that bag. Like he got that he got the 85 million from Toronto like he wanted. And I guess it kind of forced Toronto to kind of let some of these other guys go like Ibaka. They couldn't sign back Ibaka. They couldn't sign back Marcus Sol. So I, th- those were two huge losses. Yeah, for their I mean, interiors. this is they're not contenders anymore in my eyes. Yeah, this is great for Fred Van Fleet, but it's not good for Toronto like in any way, because they have they have Fred Van Fleet. Uh, Kyle Lowry and, and Siakam and then like outside of that and that's pretty Ananobi much it. and then like what else nothing yeah pretty opinion. much nothing so I don't see them I see them as like a borderline playoff contender this year I see them like like a 6 or 7 seed I don't really see them going much further than that I see them as, as an 8 seed because they lost to Baca um, I honestly like it's good for him though he got paid good for him but for the most part I feel like the Raptors got worse Oof. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much safe Straight to say up. right there. I mean, Fred Van Bleed, the thing is, I don't think it's so much him resigning, but them losing people, yeah. So let's talk about another team that lost somebody, the Celtics. They lost Gordon Hayward to Charlotte. He went and signed a four-year, $120 million deal. Does this do anything for Charlotte? No, they still suck. They still suck? I mean, yeah, okay. I mean this is just kind of this is kind of disappointing. I'm, I'm having an unpopular opinion. Yeah, this. this is kind of disappointing in an aspect because I expected him to sign with a contender. I didn't expect him to go to Charlotte. I mean, I get that he was asking for a lot of money. And nobody really wanted to give him I don't that. I think he deserved a lot of money. I mean, he was hurt majority of the season. But, yeah. You know, but I mean, good for him, though. Good, Very good. Very good. Yeah, but, like, at the at the end of the day, I, I wanted him to go to a contender. I wanted to see him compete, like, for, for a contender in the playoffs. And for him just to go to Charlotte, it's just... I think this is just a way of Charlotte trying to surround LaMelo Ball with something, you know? No, I, I mean, I don't think that it's... You, you can't expect the Hornets right now to be making moves in a way that'll set them up for a championship. Right now, they have LaMelo Ball. That's going to be excitement. They have Devontae Graham coming in after a season last year where he popped off. Scary Terry. Scary Terry. So right now, I think they just want to have Hayward in there to maybe push for like a 7-8 seed. You can't expect them to do much more, but I think it's going to be a very cool signing to see what happens with Gordon Hayward. Can he stay healthy? Mr. L-shaped leg? I don't know. Next up, we got Bogdan Bogdanovich. And Danilo Gallinari <laughs> signing with the Hawks. Yeah, Bogdanovich and Gallinari. Bogdanovich was supposed to be a buck, but there's some crazy shit that happened over there. I don't know what was going on with that. But he goes and signs a sheet with the Atlanta Hawks. The Kings didn't match it yesterday. So now he's going to Atlanta. Gallinari, in my opinion right here, I think this makes the, the Hawks probably like 6, 5, It six makes them a top 5 team in the East. I think they're It makes really them solid. a top 5 team in the East. If everything goes well. Because I think you take Toronto out of the top 5 and you put Atlanta in there. And they'll kind of, I think they'll kind of take the Raptors' spot, getting eliminated somewhere like in the Eastern Conference semis or something like that. But like, if you really look at this roster, it's a really fucking good roster. You know, you have Trey Young at the point, Bonga Bogdanovich. Who's their three? I don't know who their three I is. I think Rondo would be at the point. They also have no. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter would be at the three. That's what it is. No, he would be at the two, and then Bogdanovich at the three. Right, and then you have Gallinari and Capella. Gallinari and Capella. So yeah, that's a really solid roster. You know that's 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 a five seed in the East that'll win that'll win a playoff series. I think. I think that's a really 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 interesting situation going on in Atlanta right now. 
But what about Goran Dragic signing with Miami? Is this a big deal? Yeah, of course. For Heat fans, they should be excited. I mean, it's the same thing they have last year. They should have gotten for someone else, but, you know, Goran is still a there, pickup. There's no other place that Goran should be than Miami, to be honest. He's going to retire here. Maybe one day, like you said, his jersey will be up in the rafters. It better be. But I think this is... I think this is really good for the Heat. I think that from day one that they just that they didn't get into the Chris Paul, they didn't get into that Chris Paul fiasco. They didn't get into any of this other point guard stuff. That they just wanted their guy. They wanted Goran. They he fits the system. He plays hard. He loves the team. He loves the guys. I think he loves the organization. I remember at the end of the day they were two injuries away from winning the playoffs. I mean debatable, debatable, but yeah. No, they would have won. I think so. Debatable, but yeah, yeah. I think personally, I don't think there's going to be much like excitement here, but I don't think this is really going to do much for the Heat, in my opinion. Like it just right now, we just have the same team coming back. We got Avery Bradley coming into Miami. We got Mo Harkless, who I think is a downgrade. But the Dragic signing, you needed to do it. I don't know what's going to happen with Kendrick Nunn. You got to look at that. But also, we locked up Bam for five years completely, no option whatsoever. That's a really freaking big deal right there. So going forward, we need to see if we have a space for someone like a Giannis. No, I think next year. I mean, call me crazy, but they should go after Kawhi next year. You think they should go after Kawhi Leonard? I think so. I think well, he's going to want to leave the Clippers. I don't know. I don't even... I mean, obviously, I would love to have him here, you know, as a Heat fan, but... You don't see it happening? Nah. Nah, because he has, like... He has, like, a lot of stuff quietly going on off the court, and that he don't really fuck with that. Like, he has, like, he has, like, his camp that's always, like, influencing people and everybody around him. That's just... Everybody talks for him. I mean, like, whatever, he's a little... Like, Pat Riley will put him in his place. You can, like, you can do that to a certain extent, but when, like, your outside people are talking, I don't really think a front office can do anything about that. You know, and I, I personally, I don't know if I would want that here. I don't know about what you guys think. I don't know. I really don't... I don't think much of it, in my opinion. But let's talk about Jeremy Grant now. He signed three years, $60 million with the Detroit Pistons. I'm just moving up. I don't want to get into that. I'm not getting into that. Jeremy uh, Grant, I'm just, three I'm, years, I'm disappointed. Mil. I'm just disappointed, bro. He could have been a really good piece for a contender, bro. I don't, I don't want to talk like about he's, it. Like, Whatever, he's one of the best three. He's one of the most underrated 3 and D players in the league. He's going to be 20-20 on an Owen whatever, 82. Yeah, he's gonna, they're going to win. They're going to win 15 games. He's going to average 20 a game because you just wanted a bigger offensive role, you piece of garbage. Way to go. <laughs> Fuck <you>. off, bro. <laughs> So moving on because I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Jeremy Grant signing for three years and sixty million with the Pistons. I <laughs> who else is on the Pistons? I don't really know anyone else. Blake Griffin. Yo, like, and they, I, they I, signed. They signed like six centers. This signing isn't anything special, bro. Yeah, they signed like six centers. Like it's ridiculous. I really, I, I don't like the signing at all. I think the Pistons. That's just they're throwing money at people to say, "Hey, like, we got this the guy." Teams, the Pistons, Look, like, what really? the the Pistons, what the Pistons are doing is they're hiring, they're signing all these centers. They're gonna put all five centers in the game. They're gonna say, "Hey, guard the paint." They're gonna make a brick wall in the paint and then make everybody shoot threes, basically. Yeah, basically that's what they're gonna do. Dwayne Casey, like I understand you're a good coach, but you should get the hell out of there. That's a waste of a job. But anyways. We're moving on to the Lakers right now, signing Montrez Harrell to two years and $19 million. That, for me, is a steal. This man is a reigning sixth man of the year. And they also ended up getting, uh, what was it, Dennis Schroeder? Yeah. That's another thing right there. And Marc the One and two, and Marcus also, bro. Albeit, this hey, stuff is insane. I'm going to tell you one thing. Clutch sports for the win. If, if anybody didn't know, Montrez Harrell signed to the same agency that LeBron and AD are on. The Clutch Sports Lakers. The Clutch, the clutch Sport Lakers. So, you know, you get another guy from Clutch Sports, and they got him cheap. 
He's young, coming off a of six man of the year. They got him for two years, nineteen million dollars. That's crazy to me. I wonder what happened with the Clippers, though. Like for real, like, like how, how how come he didn't sign with the Clippers so, right after? Supposedly, there was like a lot of things going on with that Clippers team that a lot of people were upset at Kawhi, like because they hear like a they hear like a lot of noise coming from outside. Kawhi would show up late to practice because he would be working out somewhere else. Uh, supposedly, Paul George wasn't much of a vocal leader that he should have been. Yeah, and there's like there were a, there were a lot of guys that I think that were a little bit upset about that, and I think obviously we see that Montrezl Harrell was one of them. Honestly, the Lakers, the Lakers got him off a steal. Yeah, like how are the reigning champions going to get the six men of the year? Yeah, and then they signed they signed Marcus too, two years, five point three mil. That's that's a real nice signing for them too. You know, you don't have to you don't have to have AD be this playmaker playing heavy minutes because. Obviously, Marcus Sol is not the same Marcus Sol that we that we he was in Memphis yeah, but or he's in. Still experienced. He's a he's great still, passing big. Yeah, he's a great passing big. You can give him the ball like you can give him the ball, the elbow, and he'll make real good decisions with without AD in the game. Yeah, you know, and even with with him running with AD in the game, he's a good option for he's a good option for AD to have on the floor and LeBron to have on Look, the floor. In my opinion, if you've ever faced Marcus Sol on two K, you know exactly what LeBron James is going to do. He's just going to wait to kick it to him at the top of the key or in the corner. That's going to be his role. He's going to be that guy. He's going to be the Chris Bosh He's going to be Brooke Lopez, basically. Yeah, another one. Yo, if Brooke Lopez. Imagine if Brooke Lopez went back to Lakers. But anyways, let's talk about now, in my opinion, the only like, you know, big move that the Clippers did. Serge Ibaka, real quick. How do you feel about that? I think it's a steal as well. Like, I honestly, like, to lose Montrez is pretty big. But to add Ibaka is a pretty big piece to defensively. They really need defense, honestly. And like they have a, a power forward now that can score as well. Um, it just depends on like if, what they're going to do. With, okay. Like, so, okay, fuck me, right? My bad. Keep going. Keep going. Nah, keep going. Go, go ahead. So, like, what I was going to say is, is this is Serge Ibaka an upgrade from Montrezl Harrell or a downgrade from Montrezl Harrell? I think it's an upgrade because he's going to be starting. Offensively, I think he's a tremendous upgrade. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think that's a move that... It, it, it's weird. Like, I trust what the Clippers are doing, but I just... People are talking right now saying that they, they haven't done anything this offseason, but if you look at their contract situation, they're so wrapped up in so much yeah. that even making a move right now just wouldn't be feasible That's why at they all. Might, they might trade play, uh, playoff P. I, I've heard like him going to like the Warriors. I, somebody, I heard that somewhere the on Twitter. Warriors? I heard that somewhere on Twitter. Like I'm probably It was probably bullshit, but it was like oh, Draymond, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and a, and a, and a pick for Baldridge. Nah. Yo, if you could see my eyes right now, like my, I'm just scared of that. Like I had, I would actually be like, "What the freaking hell?" Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm scared of Paul George anymore. You know? Are you scared of the Lakers as a team that potentially won the offseason? Yeah, they're they're obviously the favorite to win to win the NBA Finals again. This is probably the deepest roster LeBron's ever had. Like even in Miami, like Miami, Miami. Yes, he had Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. But he had Mario fucking Chalmers, a point guard, who we can agree is a bum, like, for the most part. Listen, he was pretty solid. He, he, he had his moments. He had his moments, but for the most part, he's a bum. And, like, his bench help was full of 35-year-olds. But isn't it crazy? Like, I feel like every year... 35-year-olds that can shoot. Fine. 35-year-olds that can shoot, but you can't fucking move up and down the floor. That's fine. <laughs> no, man. I think, personally, LeBron, every year, he just... His team's always fine. Every year, I feel like we're saying, this is LeBron's best team yet. LeBron, LeBron's best team yet. And I'm here like... What? <laughs> Yo, a lot of years it happens. Like, okay, there was an off year in Cleveland, but think about it. The year that he went into Cleveland, it was 2018. He had Isaiah Thomas. He had Jay Crowder. He had Dwayne Wade. He had Derrick Rose. Rose. That team going into the season, everyone's like, this is the most talented team ever. You cannot. Okay. I'm not comparing. Okay, but look. It's a narrative. It's a narrative. Fine. It's a narrative, but you have Isaiah Thomas, who has no hip. 
You have Jay Crowder, who was not the Jay Crowder that he was last but, year. But but I'm not saying that was the strongest. I'm you saying ninety five year old Dwayne Wade going into the season. Ninety five Dwayne year old ninety five year old Dwayne Wade without braids, so you're trash. You really must want to drill this in. Yeah, like the Cavs that year were not good. This is the best roster he's ever had. I mean, okay, I, I I'm, in I'm, I'm of not like saying going it's not. down like from one through ten, pretty much. Is fine. that what you're saying? Yeah, fine. Okay, I get what you're saying. Okay, so I think the Lakers they won the off season in my opinion next to the Pelicans. I think the trade for Schroeder was definitely big, and then getting all these guys that we talked about huge. Next up, we got the Hawks, Clippers, and Suns. Out of those three, how would you rank them moving forward? Okay, I got the well moving forward. Like obviously the Clippers are the Clippers, so I got them at one. I don't know. I really like the Suns, and then I got the Hawks. What, Matt? I don't. What? What do you mean? Nah, they're gonna say some shit. No, no. I mean, I think the Suns are gonna be good, but I don't think. Obviously, CP3 has a big impact on any team that he goes he to. He really does. He's gonna like take the ball out of um, out of Booker's hands. Out of Booker's hands, and he's like he's gonna get Booker's gonna get more shots up. Right, but you're talking about you're talking about competing in the East and competing in the West. Okay, you know, I see the Suns as like maybe like a borderline seven eight seed. He was on the Thunder, like a, a trash Thunder, and he did take him to the playoffs. Right, correct? but that's 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 true. I agree with you, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the Hawks are going to be in a way easier East. So I think I would put. First of all, I like the Hawks signings better than the Suns. Obviously, you get Jay Crowder and CP3, but the Hawks sign like the Hawks get Rondo, who can back up Trey Young, who can mentor Trey Young, be a better be a better passer. He can even start yeah. too. That's Gallinari, Gallinari, and Bogdan are lights out shooters, and even like acquiring Chris Dunn. If you need to stop on defense, you put that guy in the game. He's going to stop anybody who comes near his way. Um, the Suns, you over. I think you over. They overpaid for Jay Crowder. Because I think most... How could he overpay? But most teams were not offering him the money that he got. He got a lot of money. I mean, I understand, but I feel like Jay Crowder, they actually got him at, like, a pretty decent price. Like, I guess if you're going according to what the market was saying, but, like, if you think about it, I think Jay Crowder is worth $10 million when you consider Udonis Haslam is worth $2.5 million. I mean, but, like, that's a vet minimum, no? Isn't two point five the vet minimum? Yeah, so then how can you sign Crowder to that? Because that's so what they could. That's what he could afford. Like you can't. So then, why would you take that? I mean, I I get it in that aspect. I mean, I know that Pat Riley probably told this guy, "Listen, like we're offering you the we're offering you the minimum, and if they're gonna offer you that much money, bro, go get your bag. Like g shit. Like like get out of here. Like obviously we want you here. You know you're a great piece of this team. But if you're gonna go well, get that much money, not. yeah, if you're gonna go get that much money, like we can't offer that to you. Yeah, I think it was just something where they had to be smart about it, and Jay Crowder just made the best move for him. Now, closing up right here, I think the Pelicans, next to the Lakers, if we're talking a separate team, I think David Griffin definitely needs a load of credit for what he did, bro. What do you think about that? In what aspect? Like, just getting Stephen like Adams? Like, everything that he did, Stephen Adams, re-signing B.I., then completely just getting all these picks, too. Like, I think he's done a really freaking good job. Yeah, I mean, they have gonna, they have done a good job in New Orleans. I mean... Did, did they lose Drew Holiday? Yeah, they lost Drew Holiday. Oh, it's tough. They then, lost Drew Holiday, they got bled, so... Yeah, so so the starting lineup it would be Bloodsoe, JJ Redick still there, right? Yeah, Bloodsoe, JJ Redick, Bi, uh, Zion, and Steven Adams. I think that's a really solid roster. That's a solid lineup. I think, in my opinion, that's probably like a six-seven seed in the West. Potentially, I think you can definitely go above the Blazers. I think the Blazers are like the team that you just want to go up against. Like, if, if you're around the Blazers, you're making the playoffs. Really and you can probably make it over them. It yeah. all depends on the Pelicans, too, because if they stay healthy, they're actually... I think I have them. I think this... Like seed. Yeah, I think this kind of depends on how much Zion progresses this year. I think if he turns into the star that we all hope that he could be, then I think this team could be really, really, really good. But if he doesn't make that jump this year, 
I, I still think that they're going to be kind of at the bottom of the West. Okay, let's talk about the NFL now. Let's talk about a team that's trying to make a jump into contention. We got the Indianapolis Colts facing the Tennessee Titans. Colts open up as a three and a half point favorite. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we saw two weeks ago the Colts, the Colts pretty much shut down this Titans offense. Uh, but like when we start getting into the end of the year, Derrick Henry kicks it into another gear. Like we all know this, he average he's he averages like something he averages like 130 rushing yards a game in the last in the last like four or five games of the year. It's something insane, and like we've seen Philip Rivers be decent. We saw him be decent last game. We saw him be decent against the Titans two weeks ago. But I don't think the Titans are gonna let him have another game like that. Um, the Titans coach the Titans coaching staff is way too good to let this guy just throw all over them again. So I see Derrick Henry Derrick Henry and the Titans defense just completely dominating this game. I think Tennessee takes a 27-16. I like what I saw from the Colts last week against the Packers, but the Packers' defense sucks. So, obviously, Phillip Rivers went off. Um, the Titans have a better defense than the Packers, so I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be tough for Phillip Rivers to get it going. But they are kind of hot moving forward, so I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the Colts going. I'm going to uh, have them 24-17. to 17. Okay, so I think these teams both are like really weirdly similar, especially if you look at the way they perform on offense. And a lot of stats on offense, they're about middle of the pack, maybe top 10 more or less. But on defense, I think is where this team is going to, like this matchup between the two teams is going to be completely just broken apart. I think the Colts have a way better defense than the Titans. I'm going to take the Colts to win the game by a score of, let's say, 24-20. I'll take that. Next up, we got Ravens-Steelers. This game is controversial right now because it got postponed from Thanksgiving night out of nowhere to now Sunday. There's a lot of players that came out there pissed off. What do you think about that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the Ravens team that we've seen in the past. Like, obviously, this Ravens team is not the same team from last year. I told you. You did. You did. And I think I'm finally starting to see it that this team just... Lamar just doesn't have it this year. I just... I don't think they've done... I don't think the coaching staff has done a good job of helping him out either. Uh, I think that the line, their line has taken a hit. Their line hasn't been as good as it has been. They have like, they're three running backs deep, but none of those guys. I think all those guys average like under four yards, under three yards a carry. Like it's it's something ridiculous. I'm telling you, Lamar is their leading rusher right now. Yeah, and the Steelers off. The Steelers are just gonna take advantage of that. The Steelers are red hot. Uh, the Ravens are coming off a of kind of a heartbreaking loss against the Titans, and this really is this really is a must win for them to stay in the AFC wildcard race because they're not winning that division because you know Steelers are undefeated so they're not winning that division both of the, both of these teams have elite defenses and at times they have explosive offenses but I think that the that the Steelers have more explosive potential on offense I think this will be a tight game all the way through but I think the Steelers stay undefeated and we'll see the Raven what the Ravens do because their season's going to be in jeopardy if they lose this game I think Pitt takes a 28-27 well, I got I got Pittsburgh winning twenty seven to seventeen. It just honestly defense wins games, and by the way the Ravens are playing offensively, they don't look so great. That defense is gonna gobble them up. For me, this game is really hard because I look at the the running back situation for the Ravens. I don't know what the fuck is going on with them right now. Well, I mean, Brand, I think Brandon Ingram is hurt. No, not Brandon. I mean, Brandon Mark, Ingram. Mark, Mark Ingram, JJ, JK, JJ, JK, JK, JK Dobbins, Gus, Gus Edwards is a starting back for them. This yeah, week. I mean, I feel, so, I feel sorry for exactly. Gus Edwards. So basically, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be out here running for his life. I think the Steelers are going to get after them. I think the Steelers are just going to go on, be eleven and zero, go on, and I think they're going to win the game by a score of thirty-five to twenty-one. Yeah, I mean before. Before we go on to our last game, I just kind of want to address what happened to Joe Burrow. Like on I feel Sunday. I'm so sorry. The, and we, the thing is, is like going into the season, we all knew this was going to happen. 
We all knew like something was like Joe Burrow was just gonna get pounded. I, f- I feel like this Joe Burrow this Joe Burrow situation is like is like a Deshaun Watson and an Andrew Luck type of situation that he's just gonna keep getting pounded and he's gonna get hurt. He's gonna get pounded. The guy's gonna the guy's an amazing talent. <laughs> Shut up, man. The guy's the guy's an amazing talent. He he's. Like we, <laughs> but look in all honesty, in all honesty, and look in all, in all honesty, this season, like this is like the new normal now. Like I, I feel like everyone's tearing the ACL, which is kind of insane. My boy Saquads, he's out. Who else yeah. is out? Uh, OBJ's out. A lot of guys. A lot of guys are out. Von Miller. And it's like a new thing. It's kind of crazy right now. I feel like the and, 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 motherfucker. I just feel like definitely what you're saying right now is that this season more than any other, it just looks like we're seeing a lot more of these injuries. Right. And that's what's frustrating because as a fan, you don't want to see these yeah. guys get hurt like that. But it's kind of like my fantasy team. Look, yeah. I mean, if you look at certain situations, it's like oh, I mean, I'm we've talked about, we've talked about this in the past, and I have my opinion on it. And it's that the NFL cannot afford to just start a season without getting these guys in mini camp, without mini camp, without regular camp, without preseason games. You can't just throw these these guys into games like that because every hit that they get into is a car accident, basically. Like it's literally, it's <laughs> no, literally, straight it really is a car. Way. It really is a car accident, bro. And you have to get used to it again. Like you can't just get thrown back in there again. You have to like you have to build yourself up little by little every year so that you can afford to take these hits and not get hurt. And you know Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow obviously just got thrown into from college to the NFL basically he didn't have time he didn't have time the the time that everybody else usually it's has a whole to, different atmosphere right he doesn't he didn't have the time that everybody else had to learn a playbook he didn't have the time to get used to the league you know he's just he was literally just thrown in there and for just being thrown in there he did he did a really good job he I did don't an think amazing he was, uh, job the, the rookie of the year though look but you I th- think he was nah Justin nah, Herbert. Nah. Justin Herbert's going off. Okay, Justin Herbert's going off, but Joe Burrow, I think Joe Burrow, if you look at... He's, the thing is, Joe Burrow is playing on the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, but so if, you, if we're not... See every pull-up stats. Look at Joe Burrow. Look, right if we're not... 50 fucking pass if we're not going game, in, dog. If we're not going into the... I don't want to go into the Rookie of the Year thing. I just want to, like... The Bengals did not set Joe Burrow up to succeed. Yes, you have Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, but their line... Is trash. It's like having five of me out there. Okay, so you got to sympathize with the guy. Like, holy okay, fuck, so look, man! Real quick, Joe Burrow, this season has thrown for like two thousand and six hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, and five interceptions. His QB rating is eighty nine point eight. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Also, breaking news: Tua injured his thumb in practice. Joe Shad just reported right uh, now, so there's yeah, a potential yeah, yeah. something happens. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Another rookie talk. Whatever. Justin Herbert. On the other hand, the same thing. Threw for two. He's thrown for two two thousand and six hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns, and six interceptions. His QB rating is one hundred and four point seven. Right, but he has but he has way more to work with there. He has a exactly. Actually, he has so actually what a he decent, has. decent offensive line, a top five receiver in the NFL. Like what? What more can you? What more can you ask for as a rookie quarterback? But he started less games. I hope you know. One that. less game. One less game. One less game. Oh. He started in week two. No, I think he started week three, but whatever. Two. I mean, you can just thank Tyrod Taylor's lung. I'm so sorry to say that, but you <laughs> that know was, it sucks. That was a training staff. But anyways, moving on to the Chiefs and the Bucks, and I think the Chiefs may puncture Tom Brady's lung tonight, bro, or whatever the hell this game is Sunday. Chiefs opened up as a three and a half point favorite over the Bucks. I think this should actually be a ten point favorite. Move on. What you got? I mean, for the Bucks to stay in the NFC wildcard race or like any kind of division race at all, they need to win this game. And the Chiefs at this point just look like they're coasting and beating teams with their eyes closed. Uh, but I can't bet against Tom Brady in a must-win game. Uh, and when what? this, when this is, when Tom Brady has to win games, you know for Are a fact. Are you serious right now? 
What? Are you seriously on, telling me you're you picking the Bucks? You can't even talk because you had them at your contenders a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, I understand, but like I can change my pick. All right, no, yeah, he's, he's yo, doing sports is like talking weather. Yeah, keep dick riding Patrick Mahomes, but whatever. But I can't bet. You can't bet against Tom Brady in a must-win game. Like the yeah, the Bucks. No, you cannot. Like when 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 we do that, when we do that, the Buck, the Tom Brady always finds a way to win. Like you bet against Tom Brady, he's gonna find a way to win. I think Did that he find a way to win a couple weeks ago against uh, the Packers. Shut your mouth. Whatever. But the Bucks. The Bucks will keep up punch for punch with with the Chiefs' offense, and I think the Bucks are going to take it thirty-seven to thirty-four. Okay, look, here's my thing with these people right now. So I look at the Bucks, and a couple weeks ago I came out and I said these people are going to be legit. These people are the best contender in the league, and I'm gonna tell you right now, they play like a bunch of sorry ass pussies. And I'm gonna be straight up about that. The Bucks, I don't know what the hell you're doing, Tom Brady, my brother. Get it together, man. like like. Come on, do you know how to throw a pass? You look like you have a fucking noodle arm, dog. You need to look like you actually put some work in the weight room and get some ump behind your passes. Look at your receipt. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and then you compare him to Patrick Mahomes. This is I've been waiting for this moment all season because this is my moment in this fucking show where I say that Patrick Mahomes, for real, is the greatest quarterback of all time. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest. I'm not talking accomplishments. Yo, Tom Brady is nowhere near what Patrick Mahomes is. Never has he been anywhere near what Patrick Mahomes is. And that's exactly why. Forget the defense. Forget everything else. Look at Travis Kelsey. Look at Edward Hilaire. Look at... Yo, bring out fucking McCoy, dog. Bring everybody. Have you been drinking? No, I have not. Lavium, yo, anybody. I don't care who it is. These people are going to run all over the Bucs. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to win the game by a score of 35 to mm, I said ten point. Let's call it thirty five twenty four. You're literally tripping. Like no, I'm not. Watch Patrick well, Mahomes do like, as a Dolphin. If anything, I got them the, the Chiefs winning thirty one to seventeen. Like, as so. a Dolphins fan, I've learned over the years to never doubt Tom Brady, even in his down years, even when his team sucks ass. As a Dolphins fan, so you're telling you're telling me when they play the Dolphins, the Dolphins suck. Yeah. Why? why, why when have the what Dolphins do- been favored? I never, but like as a as a Dolphins fan and getting shit on by Brady for the last twenty years. The Dolphins suck. You okay? Fine, but I'm like obviously I would be tired of it more than anybody else. But also at the end of the day, I see Tom Brady. I saw Tom Brady twice a year for fifteen years. The guy always finds ways to win when he needs to win. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you right now, Tom Brady ain't winning no Super Bowl this year. I switched up completely. He could win this game, but I'm gonna tell you right now, he's not. See, that's the thing. Like, we just know, like, anything's possible. But do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to literally let this guy come back up from his driver's seat? Bro, Patrick I mean, Mahomes, they're closing window, bro. Patrick Kansas Mahomes City's, in 30, in 30 seconds, they scored against, against uh, look, the Look, Kansas Raiders. City's coasting right now. They're chilling. Yeah, they're the greatest and the Bucks, team right now. And the Bucks, hopefully, are going to have a sense of urgency and come out and be like, oh, shit, we need to win this game. If not, we probably won't make the playoffs. So they need to, they're going to they're gonna win this game. And they need Antonio Brown to go as hard as he does when he's on bath salts in the offseason. But anyways, on that note, we're ending the episode. Follow us on Instagram. What's the record when Antonio Brown is on the team? Let's pull back the episode ending right now. The record with Antonio Brown, I think they're, what, 0-2? 0-2. They're 0-2? Okay. Two, but it's not Antonio Brown's not the problem. Antonio Brown's not the problem. I told you he's a cancer. But he's not the problem. What are you talking about? He's literally not the problem. Mike Evans and Have you heard a word come out of this guy's mouth the whole time? Yeah, that we know of. The guy's not. The guy's just showing up and playing football. He's done nothing wrong right now. 
We'll see. It's not. It's not Antonio Brown. There's a reason why yeah. they're losing. That guy's a bum. Throw when Tom Brady, when Tom Brady throws a pick when you're down three with thirty seconds left, then that's a problem. Nah, when Brown your defense, when your defense can't stop fucking Jared Goff, that's a problem. Yeah, Jared Goff is terrible. When the Saints put up thirty points on you, that's a problem. Yo, who hurt this man? Like it's not Antonio Brown's fault. So follow us on Instagram at Heavily Contested Pod, and then you'll find the rest of our names on there in the description. Like, rate, comment, subscribe. I love this talk right now. I'll catch y'all next week.